You're listening to the B&H Photography Podcast. For over 40 years, B&H has been the professional source for photography, video, audio, and more. For your favorite gear, news, and reviews, visit us at bnh.com or download the B&H app to your iPhone or Android device. Now here's your host, Alan Weitz. Greetings and welcome to the B&H Photography Mini Podcast. Last week we had a really interesting discussion with photographer Richard Drew having to do with Falling Man, the photograph that he is well known for. We also touched on a lot of other topics having to do with earlier parts of his career. Uh, specifically, he was there with the, uh, the evening that Robert Kennedy was assassinated in 1968. And he's a Pulitzer Prize winner. And we got into some interesting conversations that were just too good to let go. So we decided to put together a mini episode catching up on some other aspects of Richard's career, which again is just fascinating. Here we go. Richard, if we could just take a, a little slip back in time for a second. Let's talk a little bit about your early career when you first started out. And also, how'd you find yourself in the Ambassador Hotel that evening in June of 1968? It was for the Pasadena... Star News. There we go. I stand Actually, corrected. it was the Independent Star News. The Independent was in the morning and the Star News in the afternoon. Twice daily newspaper. Ah, oh, It's a suburb of Los Angeles, yeah. Um I was a staff photographer at the uh, Star News before I joined the AP. Is that your home? Are you from? Uh, I'm originally from da Southern down California. that area, Southern okay. California. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, uh, Robert Kennedy got into the race for president uh, late, and uh, he got into it in time to be in the California primary. And he would come to California, and whenever he would come, along with I used to cover Humphrey and all the other candidates when they would come into town, come to our area, in the, or even in the, in the LA area, if it was in within shouting distance, and I didn't have any other assignments, uh, and would follow him around and photograph him. We used to be able to ride on the back of the car. You know, they would have like a little mini motorcade down the street, and you could sit on the trunk of the car or the hood of the car. It was really crazy at that time. So uh, after having done that, I didn't want to sit home and watch election results on TV that night. So I assigned myself to go to the Ambassador Hotel, where the, and so I had a, and I have a, got a credential, and uh, I was uh, in the auditorium and I was waiting on the stage for him and I was sort of in that crowd behind him on the stage of your seat and he goes now on to Chicago. He raises his hand and everybody applauds. And then he was uh, on this stage and we were supposed to go out through the, uh, through the auditorium, through the, through the ballroom crowd of the ambassador, but it was uh, like sardines in there. The people were like all together and you couldn't exit that way. The only way out of there was uh, off to the, if you're standing on the stage facing the audience, it was off to the left down a couple of steps uh, off the stage and into a door into the kitchen. So I had been up there a long time, made my pictures. He was ready to go, and I went ahead of him, and I went to get a glass of water because I was very thirsty. And he walked past me, and I went right in behind him, and we got, I don't know, five or eight steps into the, into the kitchen, and I was directly behind him right over his right shoulder, uh, right behind him, right over his right shoulder. And uh, I saw this hand come out with a gun, and I was in the Army Reserve at the time, and I hit the floor. And that's when Sirhan uh, shot him in the kitchen. And then I got up, and I climbed on a table. There was like a, a serving table there, a stainless steel serving table. And uh, I photographed uh, him lying on the floor, being held by the kitchen worker. Mm -hmm. And Ethel Kennedy putting her hand up and saying, no, don't take any pictures, and this, that, and the other, and, and all the craziness, and they're trying to subdue Sirhan. Now... Uh, there was a UPI photographer who since retired, Ron Bennett, who lives now in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, Boris Yarrow, who was a Los Angeles Times photographer, 
Harry Harry Benson, famous uh, uh, photographer, and Bill Epperich. Epperich, yeah. yeah. That's the famous. And, yeah, another famous photographer. And on one of the anniversaries of the Robert Kennedy's death, uh, Epperich sent me an email. He says, is this you standing on the table? And I looked and I said, so I was looking through my take also, and I found I have a picture of him photographing Robert Kennedy in the background I never noticed before. So we got to exchange photos <laughs> of each other in that time. Wow. So what you're saying is that, do you know if Sirhan was actually stalking him? Because you said he wasn't supposed to go off that direction. That's the Any big clue? question. It's always been in my mind. How did Sirhan know to be in the kitchen at that time? I have no idea. Huh. Okay. Oh, here's another uh, one of these oddities. Sirhan lived with his mother in Pasadena. With the, for the newspaper that I worked for. So myself and the LA Times photographer who was in the kitchen, who worked in the, who was what, what he used to call his zone photographer. We used to work in his zone. It was, his was the San Gabriel Valley. And that's where my newspaper was, Pasadena was in the San Gabriel Valley. So we knew each other from being on the street together. And he was a real ambulance chaser, had a scanner in his car. Mm -hmm. And I used to have the same thing that chase, you know, spot news. So we both showed up at Sir Han's house that morning uh, before the authorities did. And we were, how do you find out how somebody lives? You go through the trash. So we and I were going through his trash, which was in the partially open garage door. We could see in the garage there that he had been taking target practice in his garage. Uh -huh. He had a target on the, there, and we found spent twenty-two caliber shells in the garbage. Wow. Well, other people were shot that day. I don't think the, there were several people mm -hmm. who were victims Absolutely. of that shooting today. That day. Yeah, yeah. But you were, at the time, 21, is that correct? That's correct. So clearly you were... Um, a photographer from the get-go, right? You, I, I had worked as a what they used to call copy boy. Now uh -huh. they're editorial assistants. Uh -huh. uh, I used to <laughs> go in and show up in the morning and the San Gabriel Valley Daily Tribune. And I would uh, rip the wire, rip this, uh, uh, the stories off the wire and, uh, and all the stories for the editors to read. They could see the stories. But as the stories came in on the teletype machine, they <laughs> also came out on a, about a one-inch wide uh, piece of punch tape that that punch tape would correspond to the story and then they could send that punch tape in to the composing room where the it could be set in lead type mm -hmm. and then put in galleys. Yeah. Instagram is so much easier. <laughs> <It really is>. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we could flash forward to yes, 92 yeah. campaign or mm -hmm. if you want to update us on anything that came in between, I'm more than curious to know One what, thing what I did was uh, with the Kennedy thing, I did receive a letter uh, written in German from from Germany uh, ask, saying, uh, asking me why I didn't, if I saw this uh, happening to, Sir, uh, to Robert Kennedy, why didn't I throw myself in front of Robert Kennedy? And so I would, you know, sacrifice my life so he could go on. Yeah, but you were behind him. Well, you know... Mm -hmm. Uh, this is the this is yeah. a perception. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Questions we can't <laughs> ask or answer. Um, but the Pulitzer came as a, a working as a, a team for the AP covering the '92 campaign. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the photographers traveled. That one that we shared the Pulitzer for, uh, for our, our campaign coverage. Uh, my photo was taken at the Waldorf Story Hotel. It was of Ross Perot. And uh, he had not gotten in the race yet. He was speaking to, uh, I, don't was, I don't know what the conference was, like an editor's conference or something, I think. And he came out a side door and there was a sort of a gaggle of, of media there. And he said, somebody asked him, uh, are you going to uh, get in the race? And he had that big wide open grin and he said, watch my lips. <laughs> <laughs> watch my lips. I actually, I actually was able to give him a copy of the picture once he was at CBS, and I had to go photograph him there uh -huh. years, a couple of years later, and yeah. and I gave him a copy of the picture. Is is there any photo 
other than the ones we're speaking about that you would kind of hold up as as one of your your best or your your favorite or some a moment or a, some event you covered that wow you know, that's a that's a hard one i never thought about that yeah. you know i mean obviously there's we have bookends here yeah two, exactly i have two but, points in history which yeah. are you know there but see in my in my daily life as a photographer for the ap i cover we already talked about fashion week i do that twice a year that's coming up real soon uh, I do the UN. I cover the New York Stock Exchange a lot. I was the first photographer to have an all-access pass to walk around the floor unescorted to the New York Stock Exchange because uh, I now I have a little office that I work in there. It's nice. So I'll, sometimes that'll be my day. I'll start my day there for the opening bell stuff and, and early trading, uh, depending on how, how volatile the market's going to be that day. Um, Wow, yesterday we did a story about immigrants. So I was photographing some immigrants at a church with the uh, with a priest. So we are it's from soup to nuts. I get Do you self-assign anything? Do you cover mm. things that, that of your interest? Uh, no, not not really. I have uh, we have pretty much we we have to follow what the uh, what the reporters are writing about and illustrate that. And a lot of times I get to work the assignment desk also, so I get to I have to assign photographers to go here and there too. What you we describe a lot. A lot of the stuff you do is just routine and mundane. A lot of stuff, which is true for a lot of yeah. But you don't want to have a routine and mundane photograph because then it's not going to catch somebody's eye. You know, you you always got to look for another angle, another thing to make the viewer want to look at your pictures. And that's where I was going. Since since you've <laughs> taken probably the most incredible photograph ever taken, let's just call it what it is. Okay, H how do you? Do you feel that you still might have one more shot like that in? I mean, we never know, obviously. Maybe it's a silly question. But, you know, when you go out, again, on September 11th, you set out to photograph a maternity fashion show. That's true, yeah. Okay. When you head out to photograph equally commonplace when things. I, all right. When I go to the New York Stock Exchange, for example, I, I have competition. There are other photographers now who have passes to go around the floor of the exchange. Mm -hmm. I have to outshoot them. And matter of fact, one of my competition said the other day, he says, my, my boss wants to know why you're always kicking my ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. All right. <laughs> Last week, I had to photograph a, uh, the introduction of a new phone, mm -hmm. a new Samsung phone. Mm -hmm. And that photographer was sitting next to me. Oh, yeah. And the next day in the New York Times, they used my picture, the top half of the business page, the oh, whole yeah. <laughs> blank and top half of the page. <laughs> and, so I, and so I was very quiet about that. And he and I have had texted back and forth. He didn't mention it yet. And I haven't mentioned it either. You got it, though. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, you know, here's a, I, this is something that I was one of my note questions, and, and, and I think you've answered it sufficiently, but I just want to throw it out there. Did you, I mean, the controversy that came, if you want to call it that, after the image was shown, have you changed your photography? Have you I have never changed my approach to photojournalism at all. That's the impression I got from your I've had, I've I've had I've been through an era where at the Pasadena paper we shot everything on two and a quarter. I had a Roly, I had a Roly and a Honeywell strobe. <laughs> and and uh, Friday night football, we had two photographers work Friday night high school football. One of us had had to shoot something quick and then get it back to the newspaper for Saturday. The next one was for the Sunday paper. So we just shot we didn't shoot 35 was only for sports during the day. You know, you didn't, thir 35 was, no, you didn't shoot with an icon. You didn't shoot that way. So we had, and we used to have to carry, I had a slave light. We used to, we used to like two light on most, on most everything too. So you had to learn lighting. So, and we had a four by five that we used to, because we had the tournament of roses parade every year. And it mm -hmm. went by the, right down Colorado Boulevard in front of the building. And we used to, there was one photographer who was on this reviewing stand at, 
at the corner of Orange Grove and Colorado Boulevard, and they would be there, and they they would actually print a book of each one with all the floats on it. Right, and so we would shoot four by five, and we'd shoot one float on one side and one on the other, and we'd take the page out of the book, wrap it around with a rubber band around, and, and hand it to a runner on a motorcycle, and then take it down Colorado Boulevard, <laughs> and we'd put out an afternoon paper with pictures from the parade as souvenirs. People would buy them, and it was really cool. That was the Star News in the afternoon. Well, one year, and we used to always have to have a front page, use front page picture, and uh, and we could shoot it from the from the roof of our building. And so I would sit down the edge of the building, like with my hands, and I would look down Colorado Boulevard with a four by five, big images, and I would uh, then take the picture. They would then take it down to the dark room and then soup it and make a print and send it to the composing room and shoot it, you know, and do all that. That's how I learned to read upside down and backwards, <laughs> was having to read photo captions in the composing room. And so, you know, I can, I can, look, I can look over at people when they're doing something on whatever pages, I can read it right away because I had that, I had you know, that training that, right now. You know now. that phrase, mind your P's and Q's? Yeah. You know where that's from? No. From the composing Hot room? type. Really? Yeah. Because hmm. upside down, P's and Q's, you get <coughs> right. easy to twist oh, them around. That's and that's true. where that oh, phrase comes from. that. Wow. Printing. Yeah. So anyway, so going back, so when we started, we used to shoot everything on two and a quarter and then a four by five with the parade and Friday night football. And then I went from that era to, we, then we moved to 35 millimeter. That became the new norm. We could shoot that, everything as time, time went along. And then uh, when the AP came up with the NC2000, the news camera 2000 mm -hmm. in 97, 98, I think it was, uh, by, with a uh, uh, thing with Kodak. We went into a partnership with Kodak and they built the guts for it and they would take a, a, a Nikon or a Canon and made it up with a, with a, with a back and with a digital back. The memory card wasn't solid state. The first ones, they were spinning media. Yes. And if you dropped that, you couldn't use it because it's like dropping a hard drive. Exactly. It's all it was, was a mini hard drive. It was drive. a small laptop. That's right. And it was like a dollar a megabyte. So you had 125 meg card. It was $125. I remember the first one gig micro drives came out. We were selling them for up to fourteen hundred dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy man! <laughs> I love it. Well, I was, in, in terms of the camera, the the that you were using that day, I it was like eleven thousand dollar camera. I think at the I time. I remember. I worked at yeah. Photocare. We were selling those things. I remember them. They were fifteen grand, and I had two of them. The AP <laughs> gave them to me, and I had one of the guinea pigs. Yeah. And I had two of them. People used to say, "You have two NC two thousands." I said, "Yeah, that I would pick." And you had to buy a special filter. It was called a hot mirror filter. A hot mirror, mirror filter. filter, that's correct. Because there was too much magenta in this chip. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was, what was it, 1.2, whatever you, no, Two even that was, the, that was the uh, next step around. Oh, the original, like 1.2 or 1.3, they were, they were nothing. nothing. And, they were, yeah. and the sensors were like, if yeah. you put a 50 millimeter lens, it was like a 270 millimeter equivalent. They were, you I had an advanced kind of, camera. Yeah. The interesting given that, you know, much of the research uh, and investigation into the identity of, of Falling Man you know, involved blowing up this image and, and looking carefully at the T-shirt and facial descriptions mm -hmm. of of something that is two megapixel. You know, two yeah. megapixel, and 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 it you know was successful. And it degree. was and it was a proprietary uh, uh, file t mm -hmm. uh, type yes. also. Uh, yeah. That's I don't know if you can look at it as a raw file or not. I don't know. It there was, was a type a, of a was, raw file, but it was very very. Prepared. You had to have a special plugin in Photoshop yeah. that Kodak put out. They had to have this plugin to look at it. And now we've and then. So I had this camera, and then we started being able to send pictures on, uh, from our laptop, portable. 
So I, I photographed the funeral for the last victim of the Unabomber. It was in New Jersey. So I went to uh, the, uh, the church and I photographed them taking the casket in the church and people going in. And I went back and sat in my car and I opened up my Mac computer. It's a big Mac computer. It wasn't a Mac book at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had a bag phone. You remember the bag phones? I had a bag phone that I was, I was transmitting the pictures from my, probably with the NC2000, I guess it was, I don't know what year, era it was. And I had, and it was satellite guys, so the satellite trucks were there. They had already up, uploaded their stuff, you know, via satellite. And uh, the the TV guys, and I had two of them sitting in my back seat watching me do this. They said, you can send a picture over a cell phone? I said, you just bounce stuff off a satellite, you know, in, out in space. And they were, they were really amazed that we were able to do this. So I've been really in the front of all the technology, at least for the AP, about doing this sort of thing. Do you really. shoot with the phone? I do mean, you, do you shoot at just, all? Just from just one, oh, stuff, yeah. one, one fashion week, we had a thing where we were doing, um, we had a, a immediate view thing. I mean, we were, I w we were doing feature stuff, like before and after. I would go on backstage and, and, we, and we would put the certain hashtag uh, in our system would put it up on this website. It was really cool. And I, did, I had a really good time doing that. It was, a lot of, it was a lot of fun. But I still had to shoot the regular show with my camera, but I did all this other sort of ancillary stuff. Yeah, we have different ways that we uh, upload, uh, like stills, for example, I, I'll go on a job and I have a wire that goes from the side of my 5D Mark III, plugs into the phone mm -hmm. without, with, with, without the Mophie battery on, of course. Yeah. And I, then I can look at uh, like a, a, a small contact sheet on my phone of the pictures and I'll choose a picture and I, then I can upload it to, the, to our uh, server. Uh, so I don't, and someone in the office then will do the cropping and captioning and all, but at least we can get something out quick because we don't, we don't have a lot of the modules that we can like, uh, for the one DX camera right. the, yeah, on the yeah, side the of the, wifi the that, adapters, that yeah. Wifi yeah, yeah, adapter, yeah, yeah, we yeah. have a lot of those. So, yeah. cause yeah. they're like very expensive. Yeah. This is a, yeah. a workaround. Well, I think the, the Mark four has Wi-Fi. Yeah, it does. Does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was. I keep asking. When, when did did you switch to Canon? Because AP uh, switched. Or, yeah. yeah. I, well, I, I was probably one of the last holdouts after the uh, Olympics in Athens. I did the Athens Olympics, and I was one of the. I was still shooting a Nikon at the time, and when I came back from there, whenever there was that 2004, was that 2004 Olympics or 2008? I can't remember. Whatever it was, so that was when the. That's when I switched. I mean, the other people in the company had. I remember back when. The AP was going to thinking about switching from oh no the AP had switched from Canon to Nikon to Canon cameras. I had a I had a version of, what was it called they what they had a built in oh what was it it was an AE one at an AE one yeah I remember at an AE one and I went somewhere where Canon was at some sporting event or something where Canon was having their professional services they would lend you lenses and the techs had never seen one. And they they wanted to look at the camera. <laughs> yeah, we had some you know Canon lent us cameras to use. And it was the AE one. I had something called Cam Ranger for a while, which was a way to uh -huh, sync yeah. up the camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I, 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 I still have that Cam Ranger. I still have the app on my phone. FTP Client Pro is what I use now. That's what we use. This is FTP Client Pro is the one way that I use to to get into our server at the office. Okay. And that's the one that I can connect and it will get me in and I can then look at the uh, the contact sheet. So there you have it, Richard Drew. Uh, an interesting career and he's still working. That's the best part about it. Um, as usual, thank you to John Harris. Thank you to Jason Tables. And thank you to you, our listeners, because without you, we're just talking to ourselves. Next week, tune in for a whole new episode. And as always, thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs>